Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, April Adams-Pertwee. This is a show where we dive deep into storytelling, visibility, and doing all the things that might be required for you to step out and step up to share your story in a much bigger way. And if you are anything like me, (laughs) and if you all have been listening to the show or maybe following my social media or, you know, hanging out with me over in the Light Beamers community, uh, you can probably diagnose me as a classic high performer, total overachiever, um, go-getter. And those are all really good things to be. And they also come with some downfalls and some pitfalls. And so I know that there's a lot of you out there that may see pieces of that in themselves and yourself that, you know, you have these really big, big ambitions, uh, big dreams, big goals. You, you want to serve people like crazy. You want to make an, a big impact. We talk about that all the time on the show with storytelling. We want to make a big impact, um, you know, by impacting other people. We have these big visions, visionary. Often I, you know, I get called a visionary a lot and I accept that. I think that's a high compliment and I do believe I am a visionary and it comes with some pitfalls. And if any of this is resonating, then this is going to be the episode for you. If you see yourself as a high performer, um, a high achiever, a go-getter, someone who has big goals, big dreams, big visions, yet sometimes you fall into the pits of despair and you find yourself on a hamster wheel and you realize, oh my gosh, I've just taken on too much. I mean, you basically have just described my life. And I am so fascinated by the the work that people do to help people like us, (laughs) people like us who kind of get ourselves in that tizzy. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to invite my guest today onto the show, because this is exactly her world. Marianne Smith is a psychotherapist and she works specifically with people like us, the high performers, the um, high achievers, the visionaries who often do find themselves um, in cycles of burnout, um, in cycles of exhaustion, in cycles of overwhelm. And really what Marianne does is works, really works with people to help them build more sustainability so that it's, we're a little bit more even killed than we are like all over the map, which sometimes I can feel that way. And to be fully honest and transparent, as we begin this conversation, Marianne, 
I feel like I'm there right now, to be honest. I feel like I'm coming off of it a little bit, but, um, you know, we're recording this in, in the summer, it's July. I'm in the middle of a roadshow tour. I'm traveling a lot. I wonderfully and so appreciatively have received a bunch of new clients recently that just kind of landed in my lap and they're very high level clients. And we're doing deep, deep work around writing books and stepping on stages. And my client load is truly maxed out, which is a great place to be from a business standpoint. And my kids are at camp, you know, my husband's traveling. There's a lot of dynamics happening right now. And I am just like, in that cycle of achieve, 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 achieve. And here we are now I'm having to backpedal a little bit and trying to create more space for my self-care for some time off for what I, what I want to get back to, which is called no talking days. So I need days where I don't talk to people so I can recharge my energy. Mm -hmm. And so the timing of your interview is so perfect. You and I have actually been talking about having you on the podcast for a while. So this was already pre-planned, but we had to reschedule a couple of times, which yes. is so funny because now I'm like, <laughs> oh, of course, today's the day that we do the interview with Marianne. And I told you before we get on, I'm like, we could just literally make this like a coaching session for me and everyone will get something out of it. So anyway, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I, you know, I watch you online and I see the work that you do. Um, and I, I just think it's so like some of the posts that you make, you know, I, I always feel like, oh gosh, she's talking to me. She's talking right to me. I know exactly what she's, what you're trying to say, because I mean, I am absolutely your ideal client. I am that person that is, um, like I said, all the things in the beginning, just doing all the things. And then I find myself in a pickle <laughs> and here we are. So welcome to the Inside Story Podcast. I'm really excited to get to share your, your brilliance and your wisdom with our audience today. Oh my goodness. I am so happy to be here. I, you know, it's, it is funny that we kind of kept like, well, I think you rescheduled and then I rescheduled and because really I am you, I am that <laughs> person. I've always been that person and I've learned a lot over the years about the pitfalls of it and mm -hmm. what's most important. And one of the biggest things that has impacted me is my kids who are now adults now say to me, mom, you were working all the time. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what drives me to help other entrepreneurs, CEOs, founders, Burnout is at an all-time high right now, coincidentally, um, but that is really what has driven, you know, drives me to take all the skills that I've learned and had over the years, being a therapist and specifically a trauma therapist to these communities, because there's a lot of suffering behind these, what I call like gilded cages, like we mm. just do, there's so many people that strive for certain things. A lot of it, honestly, what I see online is sort of the, like some toxic money messages. Oh, for sure. But, but the Ugh. honest to God truth is that money can provide safety for sure. A sense of safety, but it absolutely does not make you happy. No, no. 
So and I see it for, over and I'm over already again. on this trail, but thank you so much for having me. I adore you. I just have so much respect and love for you. I've loved you ever since you did the interview with Steph and I last year, two years ago, I think. And I'm yes, so that was two years ago. Her. Yes. Yes. God, time goes, doesn't it? I know it does. Um, and- yeah. But I don't want anybody else's kids to say to them when they're adults, God, mom, you worked all the time. You're on your phone all the time. Yeah. And I did because I never felt safe. I was always in this activated state of worry. Where's the next client coming from? Oh my gosh, she's going to be done in in two months. I've got to like start marketing again. You know, it, it can become this vicious cycle of stress. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I have some of that too. That's some of where mine comes from, of course, is just, you know, wanting to provide and wanting to create security in my business and, you know, um, not have, you know, financial worries for sure. And that, that, that is a piece of mine. I mean, it, it for sure is <clears throat> there's another piece of me, and I don't know if other clients of yours are like this. And maybe if anybody in the audience is like this, but I am a highly creative right-brained, and I actually learned recently from Brendan Burchard that the research says that there's no such thing as the right brain, left brain. Mm-hmm. It's just all mush brain, but <laughs> we know what right brain means yes. in context. Yeah. So we've been using that terminology for a long time. So I'm a highly creative right-brained person who has all these ideas mm-hmm. that part of my energy and my, my wherewithal, my, my get up and go-ness, right. My, my high performance-ness, right. Comes yep. from me acting on those ideas, yeah. which is like why I thought traveling the country for the whole month, for the, all of the summer and doing different roadshows, roadshow events, which I, I love doing them. They're awesome. Like getting to the actual date is amazing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, executing those roadshows and those mastermind days is so fun and so good. But it's the, I didn't think about all the in-between, you know, I think it's a great idea and it gives me a lot of energy and then I go do it. And then I realize all the reasons why it was a great idea, but it was also maybe not such a great idea. Like I didn't think through all the things really logistically, you know, it's the travel and the different places and the, mm-hmm. I got to go get, I got to go book six mm-hmm. different events, you know, that's booking and marketing and, and selling, right. And it, it's a lot of work. And so mm-hmm. I think part of where my drive comes from is that creative spirit, these good ideas, these things that I think would be so fun. And that's really how I've built my business with light beamers is I act on things that I think would bring me joy, you mm-hmm. know, that sound energizing, that sound creative, that is something like, oh, I've never done that before. Let's go do it. So is, do you have clients that come from that aspect too? Do you hear that very often? Oh my goodness. So many ideas. Yeah. So many ideas. And one, one thing that I talk about with my clients is really like building skills to evaluate which of those ideas you'd like to execute on or can <laughs> execute on sustainably. That's the piece that I'm missing. Because really we can do anything. That is true. Um, We are infinite in possibility, but maybe we could just put this in the parking lot for now. Mm. 
you know, maybe we could just, it's still there. It's still viable. It's still an option. It's still in your maybe awareness, but let's maybe, is this something that you could put in the park, your parking lot right now? And I, I think that also planning has a lot to do with this. And I don't know, I, I don't know how you feel about this, April. I used to feel like planning was the most boring thing ever. Yeah, it's not very sexy. No, Mm. it's not sexy. It's not exciting. It doesn't give me like the dopamine hits, which feel really good. But it is really important because when, and the other thing I will, I will say is a lot of disproportionate number of entrepreneurs, whether you believe in ADHD or not, are neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of reasons for that, but that comes with being sort of like an idea, whether you believe in like, you know, human design or the Enneagram or, or um, uh, any of the other sort of assessments. assessments. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurs are creative people. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs are idea wizards <laughs> we come up with tons of ideas in the shower we come up with all these amazing things but it is boring to a lot of my clients and doesn't feel it doesn't feel sexy to sit down and really plan something out to sit down and really look your calendar and get real with yourself around is this really possible for me right now yeah and the other thing is we have personal lives too yeah those kids right Right. kids the husband the spouse the family the friends the social circles the yeah Yeah. the volunteer the community right yes and I do see a lot of entrepreneurs kind of put that on the back burner Mm mm-hmm a lot. And it's really, really sad because we are wired for connection. We are. And that's just the truth. And we're not wired to sit like I am alone in a room with a camera most of the day. Um, and we're wired to, to have, and luckily, you know, we're kind of coming out of that with the pandemic post pandemic sort of thing right now, but we need to feel like we're part of something bigger. We need to take space for ourselves. We need to take space for our relationships. And sometimes things don't go so well. Like maybe, you know, somebody in our personal, you know, a friend is not feeling well or is sick Mm -hmm. or we experience a loss. And I think when you get to be, you know, I'm 54, when I, when you when you get to be I think a certain age it really hits you in a different way Uh that time is actually not infinite and um how can I choose what's most important and what is that going to look like and I really really encourage my clients to make open space in their calendars yeah when they're planning they, there's a lot of pushback on the, the planning, which is funny because we're always talking about like, it's Q1, it's Q2, it's yeah. Q3. 
Um, but in order, sustainability is boring. Oh, a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <clears throat> I can do it all. But it is so important because we actually do have, we're dealing with limitations, limitations in energy, limitations in time, limitations in the way our brains function. We were not built to focus and work 12, 13, 14 hours a day. We're actually not even like- Not even eight hours a day are we no, really not, wired to do that. Actually not yeah. even six, five yeah. without break. So about four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky. And every day you're, you're different. Your energy mm-hmm. is different. That's why all of my clients use biometrics. So like we, we look at biometrics over time. There's a lot of information these biometrics can tell us about our parasympathetic nervous system state, which is, you know, not conscious. 95% of what we do isn't conscious. Is unconscious. Yes, yeah. correct. So bringing awareness into these issues and really it's about building resilience. Yeah. When you say biometrics, give me some examples of like, what are you looking at? So we look at, so I have an aura ring. I, I love the aura ring. I am Mm -hmm. not affiliate. I even think they have an affiliate program, but I'm always talking about it. Um, aura ring looks, and there are other tools too. There's a Kronos watch and there, I mean, some are better than others. I think there are different apps. We look at, um, Sleep, yeah. The various stages of sleep. We look at heart rate variability, which is a whole nother topic. Most most athletes track their heart rate variability. That is different than heart rate. Yeah. We look at body temperature. That tells us a lot about resiliency. Um we look at obviously the amount that we move during the day movement sure movement, things like that so it's really next level to maybe you might have an apple watch or something that tracks like certain of those things like that but this is sort of next level biometrics that really it's not it's just about first of all getting to know your body and your cycles Mm -hmm. and the other thing that i really like is it over time, it gives you information about what is optimal for you Mm. because we are all different. We are all vastly different in our nervous systems. We are all vastly different in our past experiences that we bring to the present Mm -hmm. that we're not conscious of. We are all just so different in how we react to outside stimuli. So we all have different chronotypes, for instance, my, and the aura ring can tell you over time what your chronotype is. My chronotype is my best time to sleep is between 12 and nine. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I've never been like a morning person. Yeah. Me either. Me either. I'm a night owl. Yes. And so that's your natural rhythm. And there is no shame in not getting up at five in the morning. Absolutely not. I totally agree. 
And man, this is like what you kind of talked about, like the whole like money gimmick online. There's a whole movement inside the entrepreneur space where it's like that miracle morning by how Elrod kind of spurred that on. And I love his book and I love, I love what he teaches in there, but I disagree that it has to happen at five o'clock in the morning because it just is not good advice for people who are just truly not like, I did not know this around the, that, that was like a, I don't even know the word you just used, but chronotype, Mm -hmm. um, like, I didn't even know, I don't even know what that is, but what you're saying makes total sense because I've never, I, there was a period in my life where I got up at 5am, but I did it begrudgingly and it was hard every single day. And I mean, I can do it, but I don't want to do it. And my body doesn't, that doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel easy and it doesn't feel So why do I want to start my day every day doing something that feels like out, like out of character, out of alignment? It doesn't feel natural to me. That doesn't even make sense to start the day that way. Yeah. To me, it makes sense to start the day with my body just easily coming into awakeness, easily stepping into the next thing instead of like jump out of bed and go do um, a boot camp workout, which is what I used to do at five o'clock in the morning. Just like looking back was the worst thing ever I could have done. But, you know, I do think that that's really important that you just said that because not everyone is wired that way. And so it's important. You said everyone is unique. Everyone is different. And we have to find out how do you best work? You know, how are you going to get into that sustainability? I love that you just said that. Well, I think too, what happens, thank you for your feedback around that. I mean, I think what happens too is when we don't, there's this level of kind of shame that can come up when we, when it doesn't work for us. Right. Oh, I'm not doing it right. Yes. I, that's, that does, I'm a, I failed at that. Yes. And why can't I do it? Yeah. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And that, I think that whole dynamic, that internal dynamic that happens, the impact of it, there's a, there's a huge energy loss impact of that sort of feeling like something's wrong with you or why can't I do it? And I've been through that too. I used to really, you know, I decided at one point I was gonna do 6.30 workouts. I know myself well enough. I'm not gonna try five, but (laughs) 6.30. And I did it for like a month, six weeks maybe. And finally I told my trainer, I said, I feel horrible in the afternoons. I just Mm -hmm. cannot, this is not something I can sustain. It's just not, I'm going to be, and now I work out in the after, like later afternoons Mm -hmm. and it's perfect for me and it's okay. But you know, for a while I was like, what's wrong with me? I'm supposed to, aren't I supposed to feel like I have more energy? Yeah. Um, But the thing is, when I was trying to do that, also, I was going through a ton of traumatic change in my own life. I was not recognizing, okay, my nervous system is already fried here. And I'm going to these intense workouts at, this was years ago, six, now I know different, but 6.30 in the morning, and I'm expecting to feel amazing. And I feel like crap. And it was because I was already depleted. And oftentimes the lesson here really, I think, is that we expect way too much from Mm -hmm. ourselves as high achievers, as visionaries, as people who want to give, give, yes. 
And I just literally was just saying that again, I had like this kind of emergency session with my coach this morning, because I'm like, you know, brain dump everything to him since I have been on the road for the last three weeks and just, you know, letting him kind of touching base. And I'm like, I had this expectation that X, Y, Z was going to happen. And I kind of wanted to check in with him because, you know, just, and I was thinking, well, something's wrong. You know, like I'm missing something. There's a, there's something that I'm not seeing because I had this expectation that X, Y, Z was going to happen and that didn't happen. So surely there something is fixable about that. Yeah. Something. And when we talked through it, he's like, your expectation is what's wrong. Your expectation is what's off. That is not a healthy expectation. It's actually just, you know, in all of his years of experience Mm -hmm. in, in marketing and business and all the things that is not actually how it works, April. And I'm like, Oh, so I just had the wrong, my expectation was way too high. My, and, and I, gosh, that is something that I, I, that is really resonating with me because I see over and over again, where I set my expectation too high. And it's not that I necessarily have expectations of other people. I'm so Mm -hmm. kind and Mm -hmm. compassionate to other people, but I am often have these expectations of my own performance, Yeah, which is even just talking it out loud right now with you is kind of ridiculous because I'm like, well, I already know I do a pretty good job. So why do I have these expectations? But yeah, that high expectation is a real thing. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, I think that it's true that things are always happening for us, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that part of our identity, that ego part, that conscious part that we're aware of, you know, the job of the ego is to basically just get us through the day. Yeah. Keep us safe. Keep us safe. Keep us surviving. And um, I see certain overlapping characteristics in all the people that I've worked with over many, many years who have, you know, leadership positions, whether they're high level executives or whether they are entrepreneurs and founders, CEOs, this across the board is the same. And we really get very activated when it gets suggested to us that these could be mm, unrealistic expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a hair. Yeah. And there are a lot of different reasons for that. Um, just, you know, the way we grew up and the stories that we, our brains, you know, chose to believe and, and, um, trauma and unprocessed trauma and all the, all the things that really go into, um, what's going on, on an unconscious level. Mm -hmm. We just don't see it. We just don't see the forest through the trees and that's normal. And that honestly is why all of us need support. Well, I was going to say, this is why people like you and the work that you do is so important. And I totally agree. Like I have just really learned that having a, having a coach or a therapist or sometimes Mm -hmm. both, um, Mm -hmm. or a combo like you are like having someone like I, you know, called the meeting, you know, emergency, emergency, I need some help today. 
like that is so critical. And I think that there are a lot of people still, um, and I, I, I think light beamers are pretty good, but I do think that even in our own community, there's women who are not yet, uh, acknowledging and accepting and being willing to, to receive coaching and support at that level on an ongoing basis. And that might be the missing link for a lot of people. Um, I mean, my personal opinion is it certainly is. I have my own nervous system coach. Yep. Had therapists over the years. I've had other coaches who support me in a, you know, non-strategy yep. way. And the relation, those, those are the relationships that I remember the most too. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've, I had relationships with them where I felt safe and listened to and held and supported. And it didn't have anything to do with strategy or how many times I posted that day or what con- my content or anything else. It was about you. It was about me. Yes. And, uh, you know, during the time when I was going through a divorce, I talk about this a little bit, you know, my story of my second husband being an alcoholic and going through all the trauma with that, everything just fell apart for me suddenly. And I was so fortunate to have an amazing therapist and so fortunate to had already, I'd already been working with a business coach for at that time, like two years. And so she knew me really well. Yeah. And I, honest to God, April, I don't know what, where I'd be if I hadn't had those two people and my friends and my own willingness to reach out mm-hmm. to my friends. So many of us women in particular, mm-hmm. um, refuse to do that. Man, and- that is so true. The willingness, yeah. the willingness yes. You know actually why? reach out. This is anecdotal working with just like thousands of women at this point in therapy and in coaching. This is anecdotal, but here's what I see as why we don't want to be a burden to other people. Oh yeah. No, I for sure. That all the time. Yeah. We are the nurturers, you know, we're the ones that are supposed to hold it together. We're the ones that are supposed to be there for others. We're the ones that you know, do that Mm -hmm. as women, that's kind of how we're wired. And yes, you're absolutely right. I don't want to be a burden. She has her own family and her own business to worry about. And I don't want to bother her. And, but actually what the underlying thing around that is we don't like to feel vulnerable because it feels scary. Mm -hmm. And then we don't feel worthy. It's a worthiness. I have a client right now. She's writing a book and, um, you know, digging into stories is just, just tender work. You know, you've, you've got to tread lightly and carefully. And so she was, she was really feeling like, why am I even doing this? You know? And she said, my biggest fear is I'm going to, cause I was pushing her to go a little bit deeper on the story. Cause it was, it was, she needed to go another layer deep and, she said, well, if I go there and share this vulnerability, my fear is that when people read this and she's very accomplished, super professional, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, she kind of, she, she's overcome her story. She really has like, she's got it. She's in a good space today, but we were going back to when that was not the case. Um, and she said, my fear is people are going to feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. I said, no one is going to feel sorry for you. Nobody. And I, you know, told her all the reasons why, um, I said, you, you, you really, I want you to see that because that's just a fear. Like you said, of I'm going to be a burden. They're going to worry about me. They're going to feel like they have to fix me. Yeah. And she wasn't seeing how we were going to get all the way through the story to also illustrate how she has come through it, how she is okay now, how she's good. You know, like she has something to share. That's the whole point of sharing the story. She has that story now that she can be a gift for other people, but that was her fear. She said, I am so scared if I go what you're, if I do what you're asking me to do, which is go tell the story, the really, the real story, then people are going to feel sorry for me. And I'm like, this is like the 20 year old version of you. They're not going to feel sorry for you. They know who you are now. I don't want to be pitied. I don't want to be pitied. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want them to worry about me. I don't want them to think that I'm still like that, you know? Yeah. Which actually, like you said, very um, astutely, it really is about worthiness. It's all the Mm -hmm. stuff that's underneath. It's like peeling back these layers of the onion of our identity that we really didn't even know was there. Mm -hmm. And it's all the stuff that gets stored in our bodies and Mm -hmm. the body work, somatic work is, and parts work. All this work is just so powerful. And I'm getting goosebumps because it's, it, it really is so powerful when you decide to go on the journey and oftentimes the pain pushes us, calls us to go on that journey. And um, sometimes it's not easy, um, but it is so worth it because you get to this place where you realize that most of our fears really never come true. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really is a, a, a journey that never ends. And that's how life is resiliency. You never really get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is <laughs> all think, about the journey and not the yeah. destination. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think high achievers, we expect to get there. Well, I just think we're there <laughs> taking it back full circle. Like if I'm being honest, right okay, the high achieving, the overperforming, the go, 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 let's drill it all the way back to like, what is it that I am trying to overcompensate for in yeah. some sort of unworthiness or, um, you know, healing mm-hmm. of that. I mean, whatever that is. And, and then I do, I, I recognize that I have knowledge around that. And I often do say, okay, April, what is it? What is it that this is really about? You know, what is it? What is that high performance? What do you need? Yeah. What do you need yeah. that you feel like you're not getting? And so therefore we go and try and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's just me being really honest. I mean, it is my own sense in some way of, yes, I can be creative. And yes, I want to tap into those ideas. And that is how I'm wired. And also um, going back to the fears of things, there's a sense of like, I may not be able to do this. I may not be worthy. I'm not smart enough or whatever it is. There's an unworthiness thing there. Yeah. And, and imposter syndrome is a whole, oh, that's a whole dynamic yeah. because 
studies show that the the more experience you have, the 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 most experienced, educated, smartest people tend to have the most imposter syndrome. Yes. We just had Lexi Sulios on the podcast a few episodes ago. So you guys go listen to that episode on imposter syndrome. I just had Lexi come speak privately to one of our roadshow events in South Carolina. And she was our guest teacher. And she just said that exact same thing to that group. She said, study show mm -hmm. that the higher level you are, the CEO, the founder, the visionary, the the senior level VP, the, the, the more accomplished, the more celebrated, the more successful, the more money you have, whatever it is, the more of that, the higher level you are, the more imposter syndrome you experience, which yep. is just fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't, I don't <laughs> know how we tie this up with a bow, but like, what is the big, like, what is the big thing for you that you're helping? Like, what, how do we, how do we get to sustainability? I mean, what are the action steps? Because, you know, obviously there's a lot tied up in this in terms of what yeah. we just discussed, imposter yeah. syndrome, unworthiness, yeah. um, and all of the deep rooted things all the yeah. way to like, okay, we're also running ourselves ragged and getting yeah. into cycles of burnout. Yeah. What is the solution? Okay. <laughs> Wrapping up into a bow. Yeah. I can just highlight a couple of things that are super important to cultivate in yourself. One is resiliency. Resiliency is everything because inevitably life can be stressful. Yeah. Business is stressful. Lots of things are stressful. So, and I'm not being negative. That's just real. <laughs> That's just real. So resiliency and what that looks like for you, because again, resiliency is related to your body and your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Taking care of yourself. Yes. Pay attention to your body. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot of us don't feel safe paying attention to our bodies. We don't, we live in our heads. We're not really connected. Learning how to do that is a skill. And the third thing I would say is, um, well, the, yeah, the third thing I would say is, is learning how to develop a practice of self-compassion. And that is actually a whole nother thing. Um, there are three components to it, but basically learning how to be more present and talk to ourselves, just like we were saying before, which kind of comes full circle talking to ourselves in a way that we would actually talk to other people. Right. Because we are a lot harder on ourselves than we are usually others. on others. Yeah. And the fourth thing I would say is get yourself some kind of accurate sort of deeper dive tracking device and start tracking your biometrics. We're seeing a lot of new products come out around tracking your biometrics, specific bi biometrics, because you will learn how your body works better and be, you know, maybe be a little bit more willing to work with your mm -hmm. own natural rhythms um, versus kind of what, you know, we hear in the space about what we like quote should, should be doing. doing. And, you know, there are 12 stages to burnout. You don't go from 
feeling great to burnout. It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. It's like a gradual process and take care of your health. Yeah. Do the, do the doctor's appointments, go to functional medicine. I'm right now dealing with a lot of um, imbalances in my hormones. Hormones. Me too. And I've talked a yeah, lot about that. Yeah. yeah. So that, fun. That yeah. Age, yeah. But a lot of, you know, just being aware you know, mm-hmm. of what your body is telling you and being willing to give it what it needs. So I hope that was. Yeah, it's, it's really well. good. It's, it is the biometrics. It's the mm-hmm. self-care, the self-compassion, mm-hmm. taking care of our health, um, you know, and, and practicing resiliency, like really implementing and support, like getting support, getting coaching, getting therapists, getting the people around you that are going to support you when there is you know, things that it might be a little off or you need some support around. Um, I think that this is obviously a conversation that needs like five episodes, but um, it was a timely conversation for me today as I am definitely feeling um, and noticing where I've, um, you know, just kind of in a spin cycle that I'm now actively working on unspinning, you know, just really like, I wish I knew what was in my throat today. I feel like your throat is telling you to have a silent day. Yes. You know, I told you I <laughs> yeah. need a no, t- no talking yes. day. I no really have day. to yeah. have a no talking day and, yeah. um, it's, I'm, it's... I'm not going to get one for the, <laughs> for the next few days, but it's okay. It's coming, Good. but that's part of it, right? Like, okay, yeah. I need that. So I'm going to figure out where can I weave that in? Yes. These are the things that we have to be, become really aware of and, and start practicing. And I am, Alyssa, I am right there in the muck of it. I am, I probably a case study on it, you know, because it was one reason why I wanted to have this conversation today and the timing of it was so perfect, but I know there are others out there that are finding themselves right in that same boat. So thank you for bringing some of this to the conversation today. Thank you for your work in the world, helping people like us um, regulate, tend to our nervous system, um, build sustainability practices that help us go and get our work and our stories out into the world to make the impact that we desire to make without burning out and, um, you know, killing over in the process. So yes, we didn't even get to boundaries. That's a whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> As I said, I, we need five, five <laughs> podcast episodes to dive into everything, well, but I do bro- appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here and tell everyone a quick way where we can, we'll link up all your channels, but what's the, what's your favorite place to connect with people? My, I mean, mostly I'm on Facebook. If you're talking about like social media, yeah. presence. Um, I'm on all of them, I think, but I am mostly on Facebook Okay, and, um, yeah, it's pretty easy to get in touch with me that way. Messenger we will. and messenger and email and all that. And we'll link up everything in the show notes as we okay. always do. So, um, if you're listening, you want to connect with Marianne, you want to follow more of her uh, social media posts like I do, her Facebook post, I, I highly connect. I highly suggest you do connect with her. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having this discussion for all thank of us high performers me. out there. And uh, we'll see you, everybody here next week on the next episode of the Inside Story Podcast. Make it a good one. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. 
Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.